0: welcome to the 24 stories podcast that aims to educate inspire and help build brands I'm your host Stephen Ryan founder of 24 stories and I'll be joined each week by guests from a variety of industries here to tell you how they built their brands welcome to episode 10 of the 24 stories podcast um, the first episode of the new year and um, a lot of people might be thinking about their own jobs and where they work and maybe thinking of new office spaces and so on and we're going to talk about the culture of work, and uh, in particular, I'm delighted to be joined by Andrew Whitaker. Hi, Stephen. Thank you very much for having me. So, Andrew, I know your newest venture is a working hub, remote working hub, what would you call it?
1: Yeah, I suppose it might come into kind of like a office centre, service office center, really. Service office, yeah. Um, it's slightly different to what we have in the marina, which is very much focused on the hot desking. Yeah. Smaller groups of yeah. one to two, max four, where... The new one Culture City is is five times the size of what we have It's 8000 square feet spread over three floors so a lot of that is designed to have bigger companies like we've one floor which could have capacity up to 50 or 60 people depending yeah. on how it's configured. Yeah. So already what we're seeing we've one team of 14 have moved in. Yeah. Um we've another small group of six but of that six is 25 people in Cork and are hot desking for the time. Yeah. Um so it's very much designed for bigger companies and we think with the city and the marina we have something that can be offered for everybody really
0: so two different businesses uh, under the same umbrella culture co-working and culture city is it
1: yeah that's it um and also like the existing members can use both oh, so yeah, okay. with the free parking down the marina people can park there walk into the city if they need to be a client or vice versa both locations 24 7 access so really we're just trying to make things as easy as possible for everybody coming back new year um that they don't have to worry about how they're going into work or oh. the place is closing. Yeah. They can come and go as they please. And we're trying to provide everything they need in an office there as well. But that wasn't always the industry that you were in.
0: So if I rewind back, yeah. cars were your life really, were they?
1: Yeah. I grew up in the family business, um, Johnson the Parrot. So yeah. I spent eighteen years working there. Also at the time, I worked at Avis when we had the franchise. Yeah. Um, so I started off in about 2000s, I used to work over Christmas and the summer in the IT department or with Avis. Yeah, And then 2004, I finished college and went out to Avis Australia. Worked there, worked with Budget Australia in the IT department and also moved into the operations side of things. Yeah, So it was a great experience. I was able to travel around New South Wales, visit all these um, stations for car rental out in the middle of nowhere. So I got to see New South Wales. I learned the roads quite well, came back. Moved up to Dublin Airport, renting cars and the desk to see how that worked. Yeah. Four o'clock in the morning, Dublin Airport. Do you think it was cold two weeks ago here? <laughs> it's nothing really like easy. that. The wind ripping through you. Um, Been three months up there, came back, went into the fleet department for a year. So, saw how we managed our fleet in Avis and how we yeah. took them on, took them off. Then moved into the accounts department for about a year and a half. Uh, got to see how a dealership works and uh, with the fleet side of things. So, yeah. Then moved into the um, i t side for about two and a half years, yeah had a great time there um, really learned a lot uh, had a very good boss, John as well. he was an excellent manager yeah and then two thousand and seven came the marketing manager for the dealerships yeah which is um, a very good role, i suppose didn't have a huge experience in that area yeah, like going back in in college, what did you study I did b i s in d i t
0: Okay, so, so I, a bit different to marketing in many ways, yeah. Yeah,
1: like, so I had the business subjects and I had the IT side, which is what I wanted because I felt that that degree would give me a great base to, to move on. I thought it'd yeah. be an asset going back into the company because I always looked yeah. at going into Johnson Apparently. I felt that was where my future was going to be.
0: And, like, you know, you talk about family businesses and stuff like that. Is there a pressure, you know, as, you know, in your you're in secondary school, a teenager, to kind of say, yeah, you, this is expected of you to kind of come into the family business? Like, how
1: does that? I was lucky, I suppose. Where, yeah. um, my father, you know, always in the family business for all his life. My mother was a social worker. Okay,
0: yeah. so, so you had a balance of, of yeah,
1: and then my sister's a teacher. Yeah, so you had this great perspective, and like, I loved the business. I was very proud of the business, and, and yeah. like, I learned a lot from being with my father. And then when I came in, it was kind of the right time, you know. I didn't rush in straight out of secondary school. I went to college and. Went off to Australia, as I said there, felt I was right to come in. And then it was part of a kind of training program because I was the first real family member, I think, to come in who hadn't gone through, there used to be a dealership training program, a dealer training program in in Luton. Okay. And so my father went through there, my cousin went through that. Um, And what would that be, like
0: an apprenticeship for sales or something?
1: i To run a dealership, really. Okay. Yeah. So uh, in dad's time. Like he learned everything he learned how to fix engines, he learned how to like I can remember the first time over there, so he never left the country. He went to rival Luton, got a blueprint,
2: yeah,
1: and he was told to make his tools so they didn't even give him the tools he had to make his tools yeah. and he worked in every area of the factory and then he was out selling cars as well. He worked on sale, and you know he had no time he kind of worked seven days a week yeah so that was kind of the course, and I think my my cousin did that as well. um My other cousin worked in I think Erson Young beforehand, yeah, and then he came in so for me. It was like I felt I was ready, yeah. but we were trying to come up with a training program to make sure I learned as much about the, the business as possible. Which which led
0: you to all the different departments. Yeah.
1: And then found the, the right track for me to go. Like I always probably wanted to go into dealerships. Yeah. So the marketing manager role was the first one to go into that. Yeah. And then um, my boss at the time, John Kelleher, took me under his wing yeah, and really showed me how to dealership run. And he said, look. This is your future. This is, so I'm going to train you as much as I possible. Yeah. And then John retired 2010. Yeah. And I took his position as a sales manager. And then we had a reshuffling in about 2013, restructuring the company. And I moved over to, to Douglas Road to be the selling dealer principal there. So I'd kind of gone through all the areas. And
0: and I, you went in a, in a time when there was a lot of change in the company as well, I'd say. Yeah. When they moved from the city center, which would have been their location,
1: where Upper Lane is yeah.
0: and stuff like that, out to Mahan.
1: It's funny, like I actually wired up Man Point, because I was in the IT department when we moved out. So I spent two and a half weeks wiring, running cable. So I knew that building, how everything yeah, they worked. Yeah. And I put all the systems in place with the team in the IT department. And then a couple of years later, I was working there as the marketing manager, and then I was a sales manager. So it was nice to, to go through all that. And also we had the recession where...
0: Yeah, it was a tough time. Like car sales would have probably gone down, yeah,
1: 64% in one year. Whoa. Down to 56,000 units in 2009, and that was something that was just devastating. Like, we that level was the 50s and 60s. And you were dealing with kind of a lot of premium cars, not all, not all, but I'd say premium,
0: but like, I mean, you had Volvo, Jaguar, yeah. you know, Land Rover, you know, like, were they affected? Or, like, oh, yeah, usually, they,
1: yeah, and like your second hands were just dropping by a stone, yeah, so you'd be you look at what you had. We had a lot of kind of what we classify as heavy stuff, like Range Rover Sports, Volvo yes. XC90s. Yeah. I think one says you had 13 Sports, 14 XC90s. And you were just going, how much am I going to lose on this? Yeah. The way prices just dropped, everything kind of shut down. We got through it though. My father w- was a brilliant help for that. He kind of steered us through the, the recession and he traded us out of it. And um, So we're, like, it was a tough two, three years. Maybe 2013 was when things started to to improve. Yeah. In the meantime we sold Avis as well. Um sold it back to them, was it? Uh sold it to another company the Budget. Yeah. Um or oh,
0: like they came under the same yeah. umbrella then, yeah. yeah.
1: Yeah. Sold to them. Um we restructured the company and that's what part of the roles changing as well. Yeah. And uh yeah, we kind of grown from strength to strength then and uh, so 2018 is when I left. Um I Suppose I'd felt for a couple of years that I wanted to go out on my own and and see what I could do. And there was times where I remember 2015 we had a spectacular year. Yeah. Like we hit our annual target in August. So we had a great year. Yeah. 2016 we became Platinum Prestige dealer for Kia. Only the third time in Ireland that had been won. That meant to be kind of the top uh, I think three percent of dealers in the country in the world. Yeah. yeah. So like we'd really kind of a great team, we performed very well. A uh, part of me is going, you know, no matter how well I do, I'll only kind of get to this level or I'll only financially, I'll only earn this much. Um, yeah. Yeah. And I'm saying, you know, do I want to have control of my own destiny where I can achieve on my own back? Yeah. You know, yeah. what can I do myself and what, what possibilities are there for me? So it took a while and then... So how long, like, what was that process like? Was it over a few years you were yeah. thinking this? It yeah.
0: wasn't just a rash decision no. that you made?
1: No, like, because you're you're leaving this very successful family business. Yeah. Um, which has um,
0: gone down through generations, I'm guessing.
1: Yeah, it? I think I'm the youngest of the fifth or sixth. We're always a bit not sure which one we are. Yeah, yeah. Um, so we're 213 years in January. Yeah. Uh, so It's the oldest car dealership in Cork, is it? In Ireland. In Ireland. Yeah. It's one of the oldest businesses in Ireland as well. 213 years yeah, in Ireland. Yeah, so um, passed down through marriage and different generations. And has always stayed in the family. Yeah, it could... It was Johnson and then Parrot married in in 1860. Yeah. So my grandmother was a Parrot and then my grandfather father married into there, who's a Whitaker, as Parrot. Ah,
0: okay. Yeah. So
1: yeah. it can be argued that was it 1860 we came in or was it 1810? Um, it's, it's a long time anyway, so we're yeah. not too sure. But like the history we have, just going back, um, I of your diaries and we we've looked at from previous ancestors talking about you know what happened in Cork at the particularly now with the Civil War and the War of Independence yeah, yeah, and yeah. and just hearing what they um what they what they saw what they experienced and you hear stories like that my grandfather when he was travelling around Cork he used to have um, planks on the top of his truck because he come to a bridge that was blown up you have to put the planks down and drive the truck over it you know um mm-hmm. there's a very funny story my my, um, grandmother, it was her birthday and they were, I think, down in Oyster Haven. And, uh, she met some British soldiers and it was the War of Independence. And, uh, she's, they asked what she liked for her, her birthday. Yeah. She said, a donkey. Next morning, the field was full of donkeys. The soldiers are going around taking the donkeys from every farm and put it in, in the fields for the donkeys. So my great grandfather had some very awkward conversations with the, the farmers <laughs> handing back the donkeys. <laughs> so, you know, it's all that history. And there's, like, stuff where we rented cars to Michael Collins and all that. Oh. Um, Yeah. And we survived the burning of Cork as well, so. Yeah, because your premises would have been in the city, was it? Yeah. I think ourselves and the examiner office were the only two that weren't burnt in that area. Um, Were you supplying the armies or Like, how
0: how did that work? How how did you avoid it? um, Religion. Okay. Yeah. 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 Yeah.
1: So that's. It's
0: amazing, isn't it?
1: Yeah. So like that's the stuff that was going on. So all that history is there, um, and we've been in so many different industries as well. Like yeah, because
0: obviously it wasn't cars to begin
1: with. No, um, carriages. Like we have carriages in Man Point. So of what we built, yeah, we exported a lot around the world. So most of them have gone to kind of like the uh, southern states of America, the Caribbean, the islands. There's a lot of stuff that we get kind of inquiries saying, "I have a Johnson Power carriage here. Do you have a picture of a lamp?" We kind of send it on. Um,
0: and would you would you have made them? In Cork.
1: Yeah. And then distributed. Place. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So we had a big factory. I think there was some exhibition, was it 1905? Yeah. And they talk about how we built carriages there.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, Yeah. So you can see them going to Point dealership and you'll see two of them that we built. Yeah. We were appointed to the Lord Lieutenant of Ireland as well. So we have a plaque for that. So that kind of history. Um,
0: Fascinating. You know, in terms of how it's changed over the years. You've changed with... Oh, like as a family, we've yeah. been in butter,
1: we've been in paper, we've been in iron, we've been in—we're still in the hatcheries. That's my uncle. Yeah. So we've been in various different industries. Where, yeah, um, like there's some stuff from Parrot Ironworks in the museum in um, down the park, yeah. and also the new building, the Culture City, is an 1840s converted grain store. And I walked in, I looked at the the pillars, it said Parrot. So my family had built the thing, and I was like, this is just weird. It was nearly destiny, so that you're going back. Yeah. And I I knew about the hive, but I didn't know much about yeah, it then to see yeah. that we've we built it. So I said, well this building is obviously strong, it hasn't it? Yeah. You? you know, um so it's funny Cork is so small and the connections you have to yeah. everything.
0: So that was a so such a huge family legacy to, to make a decision to say, okay, I want to do my own thing is is a tough one. Yeah. Did you have to have that conversation with your father?
1: Oh yes. And it was a conversation with my family, my wife, yeah. everybody, like my sister, you know, it wasn't Something that you make lightly yeah. because you're going, God, you know, I'm in this role. A secure a secure you know, role as well, unless we have, you know, maybe Great salary, pension, nice yeah. car. Yeah. Liked what I was doing, liked the the industry, yeah. had some great people working with it. Um so yeah, it was kind of but the way I looked at it, and if it there's a few different angles, I said, Well, would I regret not doing it mm-hmm. on my deathbed or regret doing it? I said, Maybe yeah. regret not doing it. Yeah. And also, like going back to the, what I said about we've been in so many different industries. Yep. One part of me is thinking, well, maybe this is the next industry that the Whitaker family are moving into.
0: Yeah, and when 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 they write the history books in hundred years' time or whatever, yeah. this is the next chapter.
1: Yeah, yeah. So we could see like Johnson, like the Whitaker families, and Johnson parodies and culture co-working. It's like um, it could be something else in the future, yeah, and that's yeah. where you, you kind of think, you know, this opportunity is here, and it's, everything kind of happens for a reason. Yeah. So yes it was, it was took a long time, took about two years um also prepared myself like to find out what I wanted to do yeah you, you know, so
0: it wasn't clear at the beginning that you wanted to go into no. office space that kind of thing at all
1: no, it wasn't like um I knew I couldn't work in the motor trade because of family connection, and that's yeah. what i'd known i t didn't really hold too much. Traction to me. Yeah. Um, So, like, I upskilled. That's why I went on and did the marketing course and yeah, MTU when yeah. you were there. Yeah. Um, So I said, look, at least if nothing comes of this, I'll have learned another skill yeah. and, you know, it'll help me build the business. And then Amy Curtin did a Start Your Own Business course. So, in UCC, was it? I, it wasn't UCC, it was separate. I think it was a Leo running at its time. Oh, yeah. Because Amy went into yeah.
0: Ignite after that. Yeah. Yeah.
1: yeah. And I worked with him for six weeks and it kind of he was a great course where, you know, I had six weeks to come up with a business plan. Yeah, And it really focused the mind. And I worked with a careers coach as well at the same time. And I was talking to her saying, look, this is what I want to do. And yeah. we did the Myers-Briggs test. And I know like some of them are a bit, they're uh, not.
0: Yeah, but they're useful. We've had we've had yeah. one or two people talking about these things in in, yeah. in in series one as well. And it is good to kind of delve in and see what your strengths are.
1: Yeah. And I did tests. Like it came out exactly the same way as what I was 10, 15 years ago. But I'd forgotten that. Yeah. I'd forgotten like I was they said I'm a classic entrepreneur. And the careers yeah. coach said, from who you are and what I've seen, you have two choices. One is to get in the startup with a group of people. Yeah. Or to go out on your own. I was like, oh, the easy choices. <laughs> she started <laughs> laughing at that. Um so when I I did that, like you're it focused the mind and I had to have a conversation particularly with my wife because, yeah. you know, I have a young daughter. Yeah. I have a mortgage. Yeah have to make sure I can provide for them. Yeah. And it's a huge risk to walk away. Yeah. yeah. But in fairness to all the family and particularly my wife, and like my wife has been so patient yeah. to everything. Um, yeah. They're a great support. And I suppose I was able to kind of draw on what I'd learned in the 18 years from the motor trade and also from what I'd seen from my father. Yeah. And also my in-laws because um, my in-laws, uh, Jerry's Beauty and Hair Salon. Okay, that's yeah. the, the, the Hudson so yeah yeah like my father-in-law came to Cork with his scissors and himself working with Mary what they built this business and 40 years in business and like to do that from from nothing so to get their insights as well I was lucky that I had and that was sc-
0: interesting because your own family I suppose had gone through generations so you couldn't go back to the origins yeah whereas in your in-laws you could go back to the origin yeah. story where, as you said, came down with a scissors. So that
1: yeah, that was going to be you. It was. Um and it was great and to support and also like you have a sounding board. Yeah. So you can kind of talk to them and say, Look, this is one thing I'm doing and and they're a rock sense. So if if, all, what I, if they thought I was what I was doing wasn't gonna work, they'd tell me straight out. Yeah. You, you know, yeah. and that's what you need because like when you're going out on your own, I remember talking to John Neville, my now business partner. Yeah. And at the time going, John, like I'm nervous, I'm afraid. He said, well, that's good. If you're yeah. not, there's something wrong with you. Yeah. And John had done something similar. He'd gone out in his own and jewellery business and built a very successful business. So he'd been through it as well. Yeah. And I was very lucky that all these people were there that I could say, look. Did anybody ever come across and say, you're crazy,
0: stay where you are? Did anyone? One. One. One person. One person.
1: Yeah. Um, I won't mention names, yeah, but yeah, yeah. one person did. And I remember just meeting here. It might have been a personality clash or something, okay, but yeah. it was just, no, no, we should say in the family business, you're you're mad doing this. And I was like.
0: And was oh. she kind of like an independent type person?
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Amazing. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I was just like, okay, that's one person who's yeah. who said that. But are all the other people.
0: So, like, you know, there, there could be people listening to this now and they'd have the thoughts of a careers coach. Like, that's an interesting one because, you know. Are they focused just on someone's career? Like, I know there's coaching professionals and they go to meet you and they, you, they help you progress in, inside your own workplace. But in this case, what what was the journey like?
1: It was not just the kind of the career. It was more discussing um type of person I was, really. Yeah, yeah. And um, what I was happy at what I wasn't yeah. happy at. And it, you have to really talk to the, look at the whole person. Oh, but you have to, you'd have to
0: be very honest, I'd imagine.
1: Yeah. And like people just say to me, oh, you're brave leaving. And I don't feel like I, I was yeah. brave. Yeah. I just felt I had no choice because I knew that I had to go out and do this. And if I didn't, I'd be very unhappy. Yes. You know, I couldn't kind of see myself spending the next 30 years yeah. in this role. And I suppose what I do say to people is if I was able to do it, anybody can do it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yes, I, I, I was lucky that I had a very good support network and mm. I planned it. Yeah, But don't be afraid of... Not doing it, like what's the worst that's gonna happen? Fails. Yeah. That
0: you have to start again and do yeah. something else. Yeah. And I
1: think maybe sometimes in Ireland that we're very kind of oh yeah, he's he went out on his own, but it failed. And yeah. it's like, oh, he's useless, or she's useless when the bravery of someone to do that and just go again. Yeah. Just learn from it. Yeah. Because I've I've made a load of mistakes. And yeah. I've made huge mistakes since I've started. Yeah. But I've learned so much from it. And like if you're not making mistakes, you're not, you're not trying. So I really think that. Anybody can do it but it has to be right for you. Mm. Um you know yourself like you you've built your business. Yeah, yeah. And I have huge admiration for anybody that has a team or employing one person to be able to do that from something that you've created from zero, and, yeah. Yeah, pay their salaries, yeah. you know, that's a huge achievement yeah. and I oh, like I admire anybody or people in business 10 years, I'm like, wow. Yeah. That's really impressive. Yeah. Um like, you know, I always you are inspired by the bigger guys, obviously, but, it, yeah. you know, just to meet the everyday person who started their business, built it up, has a team, two, three, 10 years, 15 years, has a nice life. You're like, I mean, that's very, very impressive. And how can I do that? You're trying to learn from everybody. And and I suppose that that's my attitude whenever I meet anybody, no matter what they're doing, I can learn something from them, yeah, you know, yeah. because like I started off on my own. Now I have John and we, yeah. we have people coming in, working with us. Yeah. but. You need to bounce ideas off people. You need to get different viewpoints. You need to get different ideas and and I got bring a lot of interns in and just talking to the interns, they'll look at something and you're like, Wow, I never thought of
0: that. Different perspectives, yeah. Yeah. So um So when you made a the decision then you're leaving, uh, you're gonna go up on your own. What made you decide to
1: do a co working space? You know. Oh, yeah. Was it trends or something? No. Um wasn't any kind of market research. It was yeah. more, like, I looked at what I had and I had a couple of criteria. One, and they were very simple. It was like, can be scalable. Yeah. Can't be replaced by the internet. Yeah. Um, and that was kind of it. And I looked at, say, something that would probably be growing. And I figured, what do I do a lot with? And in my role in the motor trade, especially when I was in the DP role, I was like, mm-hmm. I dealt a lot with people. Yeah. Um, so I said, okay, let's deal a lot with people. And I think I'm kind of quite good at dealing with people. So you'd have the skill set for that. like Yeah. yeah. And like my view, everything is about people, whether you're, who you work with, who works for you or who you're selling to. It's all about people. If you work with people and if you're generally a nice person, you get on okay, I think so. And I went out there to kind of look and see what could I do. And then it just came about, like I was thinking, there didn't seem to be any place really out there for someone like myself who would want the parking, you know, slightly older, because there were co-working spaces out there. Um... And some of them maybe were geared towards more the startup and the, yeah. uh, the incubation side of things where I figured, like, where are the guys who work at SMEs or, you know, to use Elon Musk and at the Blue Ocean? Like, where is the stuff with this huge potential? And to try and get people who wouldn't necessarily think of using a co-working space to come in. yeah, yeah. And, and then I found the marina by, by luck. It's, it's thanks to my, um, my brother-in-law, John. I was talking to him and he said he knew a guy who knew about co working. So I arranged to meet Dermid and I went down yeah. at Dermid. And Dermid, not necessarily knew a lot about co working, but knew a lot about the office industry and how I showed me the space and the marina. Yeah. And I hadn't even considered the marina. And I went, this is perfect. Yeah. And I've been there four and a half years and, and the marina's been brilliant. Everybody down there. And it just fitted everything, like with the parking, with the access. Yeah. And it's a really nice environment as well. And you're kind of in the city, but not in the city. And so now, it was an old building. What was it before that? It goes back to the motor routes as well. It looks to be like the power station for Ford. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So it seems to be pulleys going all the way the top from the yeah. the roof. Um, They're destined to
0: be surrounded by cars, I think.
1: Yeah. And like people next to me are yeah. guys who used to work with us next to in Emma Place. And then there's now a dealership where traders opened up across the way. And I'm yeah. like, I can't get away from this. Yeah.
0: Um, and I'm still. And this was before the, uh, I suppose, the Marina. Uh, the market and all that kind yeah. of stuff started. So it wasn't that you jumped down there because of a trend
1: or... No. Like, I kind of looked at things and I suppose my idea is, like, look at places and see what has potential. Yeah. And, like, Connell Street, where we are in the city, we got in there with this potential. John owned the building and we're now we're seeing the development across the way. It's it's almost like the start of the new Cork with, with all that development that's coming down there. So we figure we're in the right area at, yeah. at the right time yeah. for all this development, for people moving back into the city. Yeah. And the marina, yes, like the market, it's brilliant. Um, yeah. I it just was luck, you know, that that took place.
0: You wouldn't have known that that was coming. No. Yeah.
1: And, um, and that whole culture hadn't been in Cork. No. Know, yeah. But I think it's maybe taking educated guesses at places and looking at and saying, yeah. where is the potential? Like, will this work? Also, and then the financial side of things. Yeah. You know, I couldn't afford to go down um, right into the city center with yeah. the rates and rent. There's yeah. no way. Like, so... Yeah found somewhere that was fit the budget. Yeah. And I felt, yeah, this now gives me a chance for the business to succeed like at a mm-hmm. sustainable level. Keep our costs low. And and that's one thing I brought back from J&P and also from the family. Manage your costs. Yeah. Watch your cash flow. Yeah. Watch your sales. Um, keep on top of everything at like the accounting side of things. So to bring that discipline into...
0: That's the toughest part, I'd say, starting off as yeah. well, isn't it? Because I'd imagine there was a window where you had to prepare the place Get it all kitted yeah. out. There's no money coming through the
1: door. No, like the first three months, I was sitting there. I was like twiddling my, my thumbs, yeah, and, yeah. and then my first member, Mark, got to know Mark very well. Yeah, he became <laughs> we're best still friends with, friends, still <laughs> friends with Mark. Um, yeah, then other people came in. Yeah, and then after kind of January 2019, it really started to build nicely, and people came in, and word them out and it spread. We were going very well. 2020, March 2020, we had our best month ever, and I was thinking, brilliant, this is we've hit a revenue target. Yeah. Then a small thing like COVID came along and lost 80% of our business in four days. Oh my God. Yeah. I, it's funny. We look at the graph and it's just a cliff just plummets and you're going, Phew. um, but. there was a, government support then for you? Or, or, to a certain extent, but the problem, I was so new okay. that like loss of business because I was growing irrespective.
0: So you would only get the business for the year before or something like that, would you? Well, I got
1: the wage subsidy. Yeah. But even but that's
0: only covering yourself, though. So.
1: Yeah, and that was only a small bit of it like so yeah. we got some of the uh the Leo grants and or the the rates grants and stuff like that, which helped. Yeah. Um Enterprise Ireland helped as well. They gave us funding to develop the uh upgrades to two meeting rooms and also towards some costs, which is yeah. very good. Yeah. Um But yeah, a lot of the stuff we didn't qualify because we uh we were we'd grown from a very low base in the previous years. Yeah. And then even after the pandemic when it kind of loosened, we were still Better than what we were in the, the okay. first two years, but I was lucky. Like I kept everything in the business the first eighteen months specifically for this, and I'd only just started taking a wage like two months before yeah, it happened. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I had a bit of reserves there to kind of get get us through. Um, and it makes you think, and you, you kind of look at things and go, right? Did you panic? You know, no, not really. Did you say I should have stayed where I was?
0: Like you know, we were you that,
1: yeah, like. That time when you're yeah. sitting there in an empty coworking space, you're thinking that anyway. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know, yeah. Um, but you're there, and perhaps at the time we all thought this is two or three weeks or a month. Yeah, y- you know, if we felt no it, one could have figured out that it was yeah. going to last that long. Yeah, but if we felt it was kind of two years, I don't know how I would have handled it, or whether I would have said, look, yeah, you this, might have walked away. I, I, I I'm not somebody tends to walk away and maybe I would have said, right, we've got to change things a lot more mm-hmm. and we we'll looked at external funding or something like that because yeah. we managed to kind of keep funding both supports from Antipas Ireland and the other sports yeah. out there yeah. but it was tough. You know, you, you just seen your reserves just going, yeah. like, um, but then when we came back, you know, at the first lockdown, we just kind of started climbing. Then we'd lock, go down slightly again to the next lockdown and we go back up again after it ended. So we we're always on the upper trend but the, good, the one good thing that probably came out of it was the fact that the whole conversation around remote working
0: yeah. came to the table. It was brought forward at about, government level in particular.
1: brought forward about five years. Yeah. Um, and now with the kind of rise connected hubs and the government backing there. Yeah. We've become really part of the conversation as you said and also part of like the economy and the future like if they want to have the low emission economy hubs are a key part of that. Yeah. But also um, I think my strategy about looking after people or going after people who wouldn't necessarily think of co-working spaces is starting to come true where you're getting more and more businesses who wouldn't have considered this yeah. are now saying we perhaps don't need the big office. We maybe need a, a space for 20 that we can scale up and down as we need to. And people work at home some days and they go. Yeah, and this hybrid model is probably going to stick with us. Like, yeah. yeah. So like remote working co-working is not for everybody. Yeah. But I suppose what companies need to know and need to realise is that that choice has to be provided, yeah. But they're also nervous about it. So my advice to them would be: take control of it, but uh, and set out, okay, this is what we're going to try. But have active dialogue and consultation with your people, yeah. So you are controlling it, but you're also listening to what your people are saying and you're modifying it, yeah. Be, but if you don't say this is what we're going to do, yeah, y- you will lose control and you'll have, it'll be very hard to manage your team and you can have a mess. Yeah. And I've seen the companies that have actively gone out saying, yeah, we're going to do it. We're not exactly sure how we do it, but we're going to start this way. The people are so delighted with it and are appreciative mm-hmm. and they're going, thank you so much. And they say, they're determined to make it work. Yeah. So there's a huge opportunity for companies and it's not going to go away. Like that's the reality. This is here. Um, as I said, some people...
0: She said, it reminds me to start a social, you know, people said yeah. this is a fad and Facebook or Twitter or whatever, yeah. and... But it just evolves, you yeah, know. And the genie's out of the bottle now. Yeah, and yeah.
1: Uh, and so, like particularly with the war on talent, like, everything's been driven by people. It's not by the employers. It's yeah. by, if you want to keep your good people and attract good people, you have to offer them choice and flexibility. Yeah. They may not take it, yeah. but you have to do it. Yeah. And the name, Culture then, where did that come from? It came from um, Cool Grey, actually. Uh, Anthony... And Justin. Yeah, Justin. I suppose they... I'd i known them for years. Yeah. And we were chatting about stuff, and they knew I was going out there, and they said, Look, I need a name. Yeah. And they, they took of maybe the values that they have were culture's open for everybody. Yeah. And I suppose the beliefs of how people should be treated and how you should look after, and holding my culture says, it's a warm, friendly, but professional environment. Yeah. Yeah. Like we don't pretend to be cool. It's like I've never been cool in my life, and I never will be cool. Ah, you're not. <laughs> <laughs> but like that's the thing where we don't pretend to be that. Yeah. but Yeah. Well, what i bring in is that we try and give you the best service always we don't always achieve that mm-hmm. but that's what we aspire to do um, and and it's open to everybody different nationalities different backgrounds different everything and a great co-working space is only as good as the community so yeah like i love when everybody comes in from different areas and different backgrounds and different views and, and i learn so much from them and then i can see they're interacting with each other and. A, like for me, that kind of, that's my job done in yeah. the sense that these people come in, we're working away with each other, they're getting out with each other, having social, like we've, have, with the, the rugby match in in Parky Cueve. Oh
0: yeah, with the monster it game against... It was brilliant. Like, there was about
1: 15 of us going down there. Everybody parked at our space, went down with yeah. a nice group of us. The atmosphere inside was brilliant. And we didn't, people who'd never been to rugby games before and they came down and they loved it. So to have that kind of atmosphere um, and to learn from everybody coming in, because as I said, like I'm a bit like a sponge and all yeah. different industries. And I'm kind of going, so how do you do this or what are you doing there? And, and just chatting. And you're like, wow, that's actually really cool. And you hear so much of what's happening in Cork and how many great businesses yeah, and, and yeah. what people are trying to do. So it's kind of, it's very uplifting and like a, you know, a nice positive fix when you're hearing people that have been successful. It's yeah, great.
0: Yeah. And how did you promote it the then? Like, uh, did did you come along with a big marketing budget and no. you said,
1: yeah, here we are? No budget. No budget. No budget. No budget. Um, I remember... I said, right, how am I going to do this? And some of the tips I got from at the time. and, and that So, was... when you
0: did the certificate in digital marketing, and
1: I had no idea yeah. that this was the plan. And I remember
0: then meeting you yeah. for a coffee one day saying, and this some... is what I'm going to do. Yeah. I remember yeah. we sat down in Barry's and Douglas, I think, and, yeah. and you told me that you were setting up.
1: Um, but I used a lot of the, what I'd learned, and I still use, like, it, that course was, was brilliant. You know, it's so yeah. practical. But I, I said, I'm going to tease people. Yeah. So, I did a lot of videos I got out on my own. And I said, there's going to be a lot of interest with me. Yeah, from the family history, yeah. moving out like it was kind of wow. And some people say this guy's nuts. It was yeah. big news because you were leaving the family. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so I did a lot of kind of LinkedIn stuff, and I remember some of my views, I had like twenty thousand views on my video. Whoa! I put a photograph of keys up there and say, yeah. "This is new premises." Yeah, and people wondering what it is. Like, go, oh, do tell us? Tell us. And then I kept doing that. So when I did announce it,
2: yeah,
1: I had a bit of ready-made audience. Yeah, um, didn't translate into people coming in though for a while, but. It built that way, and then but it created brand awareness, yeah. which was probably important, oh, hugely, and just getting out there and like mm. I still have this kind of this um this goal where I try and talk to people four people a day about okay. what I'm doing, just four yeah. strangers, this is what I do, build up the reviews, yeah, social media, get out there, do as many videos as possible, I'm now playing around with kind of um with emails, with videos embedded in the emails. Yeah. Like, yeah. just kind of get that engagement where you stand out from someone. It's not just a standard email. You can actually see me and so I'm talking to you saying, hi, blah, 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 this is what we do.
0: Yeah. And how did you feel about putting yourself out off- front? Because did you do that with Johnson and Parrot?
1: A small bit. Hated it. Yeah. Still do, like, because I, I get nervous. I, I yeah, even, you feel uncomfortable? Yeah, even coming me to today, I was nervous. Yeah. um, it, It's like you're putting yourself out there and... Like, are you going, do I have a face for radio? Like, yeah, <laughs> you yeah, know. I know. Um, will I say something silly or whatever? Yeah, 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 yeah. And like, you're worried, you're going, how do I do this right? How do I yeah, yeah. sound that I'm not so wooden?
2: Yeah. And some yeah. of the
1: videos I look back and oh God, I am very wooden. But I'm just doing it. I'm like, throwing it out there. But it's try. been authentic as well. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like, it's probably more, I have to do it. Yeah. And what happens is some people laugh at me. And I have got some people say stuff and it's just like, yeah, whatever. Um, people let you know, or, or, oh yeah, they'd say, oh yeah, you're an idiot for doing this, or yeah, like when I put out a COVID policy, I people saying, oh, you're, this is the rock you'll perish on and stuff like that. I'm like, really? So I'm trying to look after people. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I, you get that, and you kind of, it's personal at first. Like you, you go, oh yeah. Um Like when I lost a customer, I should take that personally as well, but yeah, it's just part of business and it is hard when when yeah. it's just
0: you at the beginning and and you feel that every yeah. business decision is is a personal decision doesn't
1: it it is and and like you were going back to the point, I said, like, did I panic when you know the pandemic yeah, there are times when the magnitude of what you're trying to do just kind of whoosh, yeah. just waves yeah. over you and i I think if it didn't you don't realize and you don't care mm. um like now that we've the new location five times the size. And the challenge of getting that up and running at times was like, wow, you know, yeah. It was just, how am I doing this? And how am I paying for this? And how yeah. I am I kind of? We got to fill it next year. We got to build the business. We got to do all these things. So you kind of have to accept there are times where, oh, you know, you are stressed, and it's a don't deny it or try and fight it. Just go, yeah, I'm stressed, and it's actually good reason to be stressed.
0: And do you talk to somebody about it. Do you have mentors, or do you talk at home about it, or? Uh...
1: I do. Um I suppose my wife is, is brilliant, but yeah. also my mother in law now, um, my father in law passed away three years ago. Um my, my parents are there as well. I have yeah. very good friends. Yeah. And also it's great that now with John, yeah. so we can like I can talk to him about his ideas off there. Um and other people like there are kind of been a few um different events and you meet people in the same situation. Everybody has the same challenges. You like to do a bit of networking as well, though, don't you? Like, yeah, yeah. yeah. I suppose uh, it's part of it. It yeah. is. Um, yeah. Like, it's really you're, you're saying, "Hi, I'm Andrew. Yeah. I run Culture Co-working. Yeah, oh, I'd love to work with you." That's what is out there, and but it's not the hard sell. It's more you're building relationships, getting to know the people, and yeah. and they remember you, and then maybe two years time, something's come up and say, "Actually, yeah, I have someone for you." Or yeah, yeah. Like, and as I say, it also go back to I learned from everybody, yeah. and yeah. you meet some very nice people, and yeah. I've seen some horrible people do networking where like they just have seven business cards and they're like bang, that bang, was... bang. And you're going, that's just That's, that's how them. you do it. No. I'm yeah. particularly in Cork where it's a village. Yeah. And one thing I have found since I started out that people in Cork are actually very supportive and there's so many people that have helped me that I need to thank and yeah. well, like that they are and guys go out of their way and, and you know, a lot of people were, like we're a small company. Yeah. We're, we're not anything yeah. massive. But there's, um, I think there's a very nice vibe and also the Leo. Um,
0: yeah, like a lot of people on this podcast have mentioned the local enterprise yep. office and there might be businesses listening that have never reached out to them, but they, Do, there's a lot of support I'd
1: there. And the Leo are, are trying to help you. Like the, if you reach out to them and say, this is what I'm doing, they'll talk to you and give you any help they can. And then you kind of enterprise army get a bit bigger. And, yeah, yeah. you know, there is a feeling that the private and public are trying to work together and really build yeah. cork and you know there's a lot of very good ideas coming out of the of the of the leo and stuff like that um so everybody wants to to help each other you know it's great when you see other businesses doing well because it's good for the economy and a yeah. good economy is good for us all like you know yeah um and one thing i would love to see in the city is that more people coming back into live in the city yeah, I think a yeah. huge potential. If you imagine walking down Patrick Street and seeing all the families, yeah. like in Europe, yeah, the atmosphere there—that's um, I think it's the next
0: stage of where we we need to go. It's, but it's something that Minister McGrath mentioned a few weeks ago as well yeah. that he wants to see more people live in the city as well because yeah, we we should have that vibe, yeah, you know, and it's a very walkable city, yeah. And yeah.
1: there's a load of like, great businesses even from and the city. marina where you're based. There, yeah, you I do it get every it.
0: Day. Like, how long does it take? About oh, ten minutes, 10, 15 minutes. Yeah,
1: yeah. yeah. I Like you get in there and I notice my time's got faster. Like, so, you know, I've done it so many times and I go, yeah. wow.
0: The fitness levels get yeah. up. Yeah. But it's great yeah. also.
1: Like I listen to podcasts at times yeah. going there yeah. and, and just, you know, it also gives you time to think. Yeah. Because you're going to step out of there. You're walking between the two locations. So yeah. you're thinking, right, how can I do this? How can I fix this? How can I make this a bit better? And uh, that's what, another thing that goes back to my JMP days. My father always said to me every day he went in trying to do one thing, one thing new or one thing better. Cool. And that's what was. and that kind of ties in with Clive Woodward as well, which is like incremental one percent, you know, one percent, yeah, and it adds up over over yeah. time, and yeah. and that's what I try and do, and like I have no real you know, kind of insightful, like wonderful tips. I think it's just it's hard work. It it just yeah. work away, keep improving, keep looking after your people. Like that's where.
0: So the new facility. W- w-
1: did you know John for years? Yeah, I've known John for years, and. I got to know him first in the, in the motor trade. Yeah. I used to sell him uh, Land Rovers. Yeah. Um, and I got to know him kind of on a personal level and his family were very good friends with my in-laws. Yeah. And he was one of the guys I spoke to about leaving and, and building the business and, and how to do it. And because he had done something yeah. similar. Yeah, he got gone out on his own. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, we'd, we'd kind of got to know each other a bit more in the last couple of years. And then he said, look, I have this thing here. Do you want to have a look at it? And I went, Yeah. I didn't do any market research. That's, I probably should, but I just went in and, and it felt right. When yeah, yeah, this is spot on. Yeah, and also, like when I were working with someone, you, you need to have that trust with the person. Yeah, and how John conducts himself and how his values and business and what type of person he is, I had that trust straight away. So it was quite easy to say, yeah, I'll go into business with, with John. And um, their family would be very similar to my family in terms of how we do business and how we look after people. Yeah. So. At times, it's almost I like talk to my father. You know, he he kind of comes across yeah, the same. He'd yeah. say things like that sounds just like my father. Um, but no, it's been brilliant and it's been great to have someone else to to bounce ideas off um, and to share the the challenge of building the city and, and building culture co working for the future. And is it city because there's a number of floors to it, or like where, or is it just because it's in the city centre? In city centre, yeah, yeah. Like we're we're kind of looking at things and we have ambitions to scale. Like, when it's practical, like, we're not going to scale just for scale itself, but when yeah. it's profitable in economic sense. Yeah. So, you know, would you have Culture Limerick? Would you have Culture mm. Dublin, Galway? Yeah. We, we toy about Paris, you know, the, yeah. the uh, police guy kind of thinking and stuff. So we're we're trying to get a brand where over time you'll probably see the marina go to Culture Marina. Okay. And then Culture City and then... That you'd rebrand them all. That culture yeah. will be the core
0: part and then yeah. the other elements will change.
1: Because if if you notice, like, even... It's kind of shorthanded to culture already. Like the people say, oh, I'm going to culture. Yeah. You know, the co-working side, it, it's it's great for branding of SEO that tells you what do we do. Of course, do.
0: yeah. Because you, when you're yeah.
1: building a website and stuff like that and people yeah. are searching, you need the full name, yeah. But in terms of actual day-to-day use, people say, go it's culture. Yeah. Um. Now we have to say city or marina, you know. And, yeah. and that's a nice problem to have where you're... Yeah. People say, oh, I want to come in today for a trial day. Look, uh, is it city or marina? And. And you have that where you can offer them and say, oh, I don't know you have the city. Yes, we have the city location. Yeah. And what we found is that people that would have come to the marina and maybe we 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 lost because they felt it was too far to walk are now coming to the city location. Yeah. So they like the vibe of what we do, it's just that wasn't practical. So now they're there and it, it works very well. And also, I think there's huge potential with the spaces around to create almost like a co-working quarter yeah. and be a viable alternative for Dublin because... We're all a bit different, all the spaces in Cork. Yeah, very different. And yeah.
0: we have new iconic offices after opening,
1: and there's just another crowd by the dean, isn't there as well? And yeah, like these spaces, you, yeah, yeah. public of work, a plus 10, yeah. cells. Yeah. Um, we're all there, and there's probably not enough space for what's going to come, I think, next year. Yeah. So if we work together and say, yeah, we are an alternative for, for Dublin and for other cities that you can come to Cork, yeah. but no matter what you're looking for, one of us has it. Yeah. Um, and in fairness, Paul Healy in the Rubicon is trying to develop this and he's been, he's created a forum for all the co- spaces, not just in the city, but out in the county. And in fairness to Paul, he was, they probably had the original one in Cork. Yeah. In the Rubicon, yeah. Um, But like his view is that he's trying, we're all kind of sharing ideas and trying to work together. And that, that's very positive because we're in competition, but not in competition. Like, but it's good We're
0: You're kind of also in competition with the big office blocks. Yeah. I'd imagine. You know, it's not yeah. just with co working spaces, like people have the option, do we go in and get a co working space or do we take an actual office over a shop or something or
1: Well, I think what you're going to see it's already starting is that you're going to be working with the guys with the big spaces as well. Yeah. That they may sublet it to us or they may yes. um and there will be people who want just a big open plan office or they have yeah. the size of that. But I everybody's gonna to work together. You know, we're not going to it, it'd be stupid not to um like savils have a, are working together with with us um they've come in a new area and kind of particularly on the co working side of things okay. um so there will be other guys will do that because it makes sense for us to work together they have contacts we have different contacts we might have people that will look for the space that they have um and you know there probably will be a shortage of office space in cork again because cork is booming you know whether it's the the pharma side, the cybersecurity, the tech companies coming yeah, in. Yeah, yeah. Um, like there's, there's a lot of optimism around there. And one thing I would say, you almost feel as if you shouldn't have that because you hear the bad news and you hear the press at times like, oh, we should be worried about the recession. Yeah, it could be a recession, it could be a slowdown.
0: We can work ourselves into a recession if we're not careful as yeah. well, like
1: by constantly talking about something like that as yeah. well. Yeah. But also, when we talk a recession, it, that doesn't mean 2008. Which was just horrific. Yeah, which was the property crash mainly as yeah. well. Yeah. Like yeah. that was the second worst period we've had in history, like after yeah. the Great Depression. Yeah. Like a recession means that you two consecutive quarters of negative growth. Yeah. Yeah. Like that's what it could mean. And Whereas
0: everyone thinks automatically we're back to 2008
1: yeah. or the early 80s when, when we talked
0: yeah. about Fords well ago when, when the likes of Fords and Dunlop's left the marina. Yeah. You know, the, uh,
1: that's like or the, the really bad time when we had massive immigration. Yeah. And we, uh, and like the big difference is now like the, the level of debt in the country is a significantly lower. Like yeah. and also the level of savings was 140 billion on deposit. Yeah. Yeah. Um but that uncertainty does kind of delay things where people will still go ahead and make decisions. Yeah. But until they they're like maybe take time and test it and they're not moving as quickly. So perhaps I think the last three months that we've all seen just a bit of caution. Hopefully from January, February on, we'll see much yeah. more activity. and people say, well, yeah, we're fine. We've got you Christmas. Next year It's looking good. Yeah. The order bank is looking good. Yeah. And that feeds into everybody and into the uh, country and the economy because I think Cork is, it's great. And like huge potential in terms of also bringing people in from different nationalities, you know, how we can grow our workforce and everything. Yeah. Um, and are you seeing that
0: already? Yeah. Like, have you a mix of people, different backgrounds, oh, stuff yes. like that in, yeah. in, in the two premises?
1: And it's brilliant. Like yeah. It's you know Dutch, Italian, French. Well, actually, a lot of French coming in recently. Yeah. Um, Croatian, Polish, Bulgarian, um, Indians, Pakistanis. So it's all like a nice mixture. Yeah. English as well. Uh, you Americans, so you have that coming in there, and you're seeing how multicultural Cork is becoming. Yeah. And, yeah. and all the skills and the knowledge they're bringing into the to the area, they're I mean. adding to the place. Yeah. 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 And they're. Highly qualified people as well. Like yeah. real uh, good jobs, highly skilled, where everybody's having difficulty finding these people. And now they're coming to Cork and they're coming here because of quality of life. They yeah. find it very welcoming. So we need to build on that. And coworking spaces are a huge part of that. Like we can be the soft landing for companies. Mm. And that's where the time of the IDA and Enterprise Ireland and all stuff that even if they're moving from other parts of the country, they want to come to Cork. Yeah. We have that there and um, we have a space for them, whichever one of the coworking spaces you go to or you know, there's somewhere for you. And then, then building on that, I think that one of the things I have said is like the, the Rubicon the eight night programs. There needs to be a bit more joined up thinking with the government, where when they come out of these programs, uh, these companies, perhaps they'd have a list of spaces for the next two years where the government would, would sort them. Hmm. Because two years after you come out of that program is very tough. And like, I have no problem giving them subsidized desks. Yeah. If we can join up, because these are the companies that will be successful in the future. Yeah, and like the Ignite and Rubicon are excellent programs, and there's a load of stuff that are out there and very good supports from the Leos again. But just to say, you don't have to worry about your base. Yeah, and for the existing hubs, then you have all these influx of new ideas, new people, and hopefully our benefit is that they will stay, they will grow with us, and you know, then at least of future growth as well for us. So I think there's just a small a few small things that, if you join it up. We something better. really superb here. I, 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 no doubt it's going to happen because we're seeing with the connected hubs, we're seeing the government getting behind all yeah. that. We're seeing like what, what Paul's trying to do in the Rubicon we're, and also kind of informally, we all get on with each other in yeah. different spaces and it's just maybe someone to say, yeah, this is what we'll do. We'll, government, we'll back it for two years. We'll try it out. And
0: I suppose the other problem then will be accommodation for a lot of these people. So we need more
1: yeah. apartments probably to begin with. You or, know, that's to revitalize over the ground floor Patrick Street or South Mal turn yeah. them in yes I know there's like, like difficulties in terms of fire regulations and stuff Yeah, but we can do those things like we legislation can be changed quite quickly that's one thing that we saw in the pandemic the government yeah. can act very quickly and yeah. also with the supports they brought out Yeah, like the mini budget they brought out last time they can do it Yeah, it's, it's just you know I'd like to see that being kind of the priority yeah. for next year that they focus on getting people back in there because the housing like Raghur has spoken about, that will affect FDI. Yeah. And if that is a slowdown, then that is a very much... a a, knock-on impact on everyone else. Yeah. Like, if you took the FDI at Cork, what are you left with? Yeah, yeah. You know.
0: In terms of, then, you were talking about the desk space. So how does it work in terms of if someone, you know, comes to Culture City or Culture Co-Work, is it hot desking or is it a dedicated office? Like, how do you break it up?
1: It depends really. Um, The marina, we've dedicated desks and hot desking, and then we have meeting rooms. Okay. So we tend to get people who are coming in more part-time or happy to hot desk.
2: Yeah.
1: Um, In the city, we've really kind of geared it towards private offices as well. We have a hot desking area for 30 people on the ground floor with two meeting rooms and we have a 25 seated boardroom. So what I felt I was lacking in the marina, we've put in the city. Okay. yeah, Um, Yeah. And then we have a first floor which is plenty of space for events at the moment. But can also be configured to put in private offices. Yeah. Um, like we're talking to a few companies that are saying we've maybe six or eight people. Yeah. So Yeah, we can design that office for you. And the beauty of our place is each floor has its own private entrance on the ground. Oh, Yeah. so
0: they have different doors. Yeah.
1: So mm-hmm. our top four clients, they have their own door up to the top. Yeah. Um, There's a gr- main door for the ground floor. And then there's another private door to take you to the first floor. So if a company came in and said, we want to take this as a corporate headquarters, brand it ourselves, put our thing on the door, have the whole... Area in their branding or plaques and all that, that's not a problem. They can do it. Yeah. But is that a fixed fee then, like, or do they pay for their
0: own, like, uh, rate, electricity, and all that kind of stuff? So it's all included. That, it's all included. Yeah. So that's a great benefit for a business if they want. Yeah.
1: It's you know. sustainable, like, we're, you know, they know their, their fees are going to be this for the next three years yeah. or whatever. Yeah. yeah. And also, they're in a shared office and people are, you know, we upcycle, like, the whole premises has been upcycled. So yeah. we're trying to be um, more sustainable and recyclable, and we're, we're looking at that as well, um, putting in solar panels and things like that. So yeah. this business is, is designed for there for the long term, but it's actually not going to damage the planet. And and that's what we're looking at. So if companies can come in and know that they're able to use their space and scale up and scale down as they need to, and that's the beauty of it. If you, know, if you come in a short-term contract, we can scale up and down. We can give you more space and give you less space, whatever yeah. you want. Yeah, That they don't have to worry about other bits and pieces.
0: And they're probably worrying about their own cash flow as well if they're yeah. a growing business or whatever, yeah. yeah. yeah.
1: yeah. Like we, we use Pinergy for electricity which is all renewable energy. And I suppose with the two buildings as well
0: you've kind of upcycled because you've used two buildings that were kind of sitting idle I'd imagine.
1: Well, one was a dance studio and there was um, a gym. Um, someone describes the marina to be as Beirut and um, yeah. and a dance studio we we did a fair bit of work to it just to kind of get it open and yeah. much natural light and same with the, um, the marina yeah like I suppose it's taking old buildings and bringing them back and bringing more people into the city, yeah yeah and just making it as easy for people to kind of to work or to live there and yeah. like twenty four seven access they can come in meet their friends um you know we we've lockers as well we've showers in the arena, we're putting showers in the city, so if you want to go for a run around there, you can use the shower facilities or if you're cycling back into work in the yeah. morning, or whatever you have with that um kitchen area so they can use whatever they want just our aim is to make things as easy so you don't have to worry about a lot of stuff yeah
0: yeah and so what's going forward is it looking at other places around the country as you said or like or is it we'll we'll just kind of wait now a while and and get this built first
1: yeah I I suppose for the next two years I all I can kind of see is us growing um, uh, just the city and getting that up and the arena and Getting them kind of solid and sustainable because yeah. we like to build on solid foundations. Yeah. Um, coming from a family company, you're quite cautious in how you do things. Yeah. Um, I suppose one of the things that I would be, things I've got wrong maybe, and I'd be guilty of is that perhaps I'm not thinking too big. Mm-hmm. Um, so once we get them up and stable, then you start to look. But then at the same time, an opportunity may come up and you go, well, it's probably not 100% right time, but it's too good an opportunity to take to miss like so yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll, it just has to make financial sense um, like we are very focused on making sure that it's sustainable, it's profitable, we can pay wages yeah. we can pay the rent, um, we can survive the downturns because there will be downturns in the future Yeah, um, we try and keep our costs as low as possible so it would have to make economic sense and also tie in with where we think there's opportunity potential
2: Yeah,
1: um, like we have been approached by our spaces in in Cork and other people have said, well, what about going out to this city? And yeah, I think they, they just haven't worked. But also, um, like from the motor trade side of things, you can run a dealership in Cork. Yeah. The same way you, how you ran a dealership in Cork doesn't mean you can run a dealership in Bandon 30 minutes away.
2: Yeah, yeah. It's, yeah. it's a very
1: different market in Dublin, it's a very different market in Galway. Um, if we could grow in Cork, in an area we know and people know us, that's probably that's probably the more sensible thing to do, yeah yeah, yeah, um, then you might look at partnering with other people who know the local markets or the yeah. area um but like I'm very much kind of low risk, yeah, um perhaps I should be more of a risk taker, but uh i you know, I have a mortgage, I have a wife, I have a daughter, yeah, I need to look after them, yeah. I have to make yeah. sure that we're
0: and it's it's growing organically yeah. at the moment, four and a half years in, and yeah. you know. You're on to the second building. Yeah. So that's, you know, it's great progress.
1: And it's brought us to a different level where we're on the radar of a lot of other people who necessarily, I wouldn't have been in the marina because it was too small. Yeah. Now they're looking at saying, actually, you may have something for our clients. Or you may have something for for what we need as a business. Yeah. Um, and, and that's nice to to be there. And I suppose like the main focus for me next six months is, is, is getting the service levels right, making sure all the customers are looked after. Um just the basics like of coming in every day and, and making sure that it's where I want it to be and, and the standards are there and people are happy.
0: Andrew, we finished the podcast with three questions every week. Okay. And so the first one is what tip would you give another business to help them build their brand? Something in a small business, maybe you, you, you know, you're, you're less than five years into your project. What have you learned What that you could give advice to someone else?
1: Just tell your story. Yeah. Get out there. Tell your story. Though. Know, Face to face, video, everything, like, because if you're a small business, your brand probably reflects who you are. Yeah. So I know certainly culture does. Yeah. Um, get out there. Don't be afraid of the camera. If you make a mistake, you make it, think you make a fool of yourself. You haven't. And if anybody criticizes you, they don't matter because the people that criticize you will have never done it. Yes. And the ones that have done it. And potentially
0: not your customers anywhere.
1: No. And the ones that have done it won't criticize you because they know how difficult it is. Yeah. And everybody has a great story. Yeah. And if you, by telling your story, you create that kind of awareness of your brand with people. It's not that this is what we do. It's more, you know, this is what we believe in. This is where it came from. This is why I did it. This is my, you know, people buy from people. So the best way for you to get there is tell your story.
0: What tip would you give an individual? And I'm thinking... Maybe someone that's in a family business, you know, what tip would you give them? If they're, you know, they may be thinking about leaving, what what tip would you give them?
1: That's a difficult one. I actually have done that with a few people. They've asked me for advice. Yeah. Take your time. Don't rush it. No. Plan it. Look at it and make sure it's what you want to do. If you're doing it because there's difficulties or you're having arguments with a, most cases another family member or something like that. Yeah, yeah. Um, and you can't deal with it. Or you, you address it. Try and take. Yeah, you know, maybe they're unaware of what's going on. But if you're if you've done all that and it can't be resolved, and or if you just want to go out on your own and and see what you can do, because there are times in the family business you're wondering, am I in that position just because of my surname? Yes. And it can be quite liberating when you you leave, you create your own business, and the first person who pays you money for something you created, you're like wow. I did this myself. Yeah. 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 Um, And no one gives a damn what your surname is. Yeah. And that's why I found some refreshing in in co-working. So if they really want to do it, plan it. Talk to careers, coach. Find out what area you'd like to do. Research. Reach out to people. Reach out to someone like myself. Reach out to anybody else you know. And we'll talk to you. And we'll, like, we've gone through it so we can understand a bit. Yeah. But everybody's journey is a bit different. But do it. And if it fails, so what? You tried. Yeah. Fair play to you. Like that's like a huge credit fee for, for going out there and doing it. Um, and you never know, you might create something absolutely incredible and you have this great life. If you're very unhappy and you know deep down in your gut and listen to your gut, everybody knows, yeah. your gut tells them. And if you're that unhappy and you want to do something, you have no choice but to do it. It may be intimidating and scary, but it's also a lot of pluses and exhilarations from it as well. So just go for it.
0: And the last question we have is, we have a sponsor on the show, base, And I suppose what we're looking for is, what skill do you need in your industry? So I'm thinking of co-working. What's the key skill that you need in that industry?
1: There are a couple, really. Yeah? Um. First of all, people. You need to have people skills, soft skills. Certainly you need to have that. Um. But there's one skill I think that everybody needs, no matter what industry they're in, and it gets neglected. You know, I meet a lot of guys, and they think they're the best product or the best service, and they may do. Yeah. But if you can't sell it, if you can't, yeah. Monitor um how many inquiries you have. What's your closure rate? What's your your lead time in terms of inquiry to actual sale? If you don't have that information, you don't know where you're going. Um, it, you need to have financial discipline, and and that's one thing that I was lucky I had. And I've said that to many people, and they, they say, oh, like what's your sales target? What's your sales plan? We don't have that. Yeah. What's your marketing plan? Yeah. Uh, Facebook, Twitter. Yeah. You, you know, take time and. Also, yeah, and talk to someone like yourself,
0: (laughs) yeah, or somebody like me, I suppose. But that whole idea of sales, yeah, some some people they don't like talking about it. It's like
1: they hate it. They They, hate it, but it's essential, really. Yeah, you have to, and you may think you're you're crap at sales, yeah, but you're the best person for it. Yeah, you have the passion behind your business, and you know it, and you can tell your like you tell your story. Yeah, um, don't discount. Yeah. You know, offer extras, particularly at the start, because if you discount, you'll be stuck at that price point. Yeah. And it can be so tempting to discount when you're you're there mm. um, and you're just trying to get revenue. Hold yeah. your price as best you can. And yes, okay, there is volume and you will discount for, for, for volume, which is normal, but day-to-day stuff, hold it. Offer add-ons, yeah. you know, um, but need the discipline to realize my product is only a greatest product when someone buys it. Yeah. Like I always viewed and this is probably something I wasn't very good at, but I would look at culture and I'd see the stuff that we don't do well at times and I'd see the weaknesses in what we offer and how we need to improve it. Yeah. So I never felt it was the best product there. I still yeah. don't. I think we have a huge, we can get better and better and we do, we provide the best service we can, yeah. but I always think I can do better. Yeah. Um, But to take that and say, yeah, I have to sell this. You know, I don't have the backing of the big boys as well. So I have to get out there. I have to sell this. I have to listen to to what my potential customer wants yeah. and then make sure that this is what works for them. Um, so you so, have to take the best,
0: I suppose, the key features
1: yeah. and sell them to others. Yeah. And handle the objections. Yeah. Don't be afraid for people to say, no, like, uh, you know, at the time, at the start, it was very much, oh, I took it personally, but no, I'm kind of going, oh, well, maybe it wasn't the right fit because not everybody is the right fit for your for your space, if your product. Yeah. Get the right person. Take your time as much as you can But don't run away from the hard graft of sales, making the calls, making the emails, networking. And yeah, people are intimidated by networking and nobody likes going out to saying, hi, this is what I do. Yeah. But you're not doing the hard sell. You're just saying, hi, I'm Andrew. I work culture. And you have to do it. And I always say that to people, you know, get out there, tell your story. Well, you've told a
0: great story today and I'm excited to see where, where culture goes and the various versions of it over the next couple of years. Andrew, it's been brilliant to have you in.
1: Thanks. No, thank you, Stephen. I'm delighted. I hope people get something from it. Um, I said, if anybody has any questions or wants to talk to me about anything or any challenges they may have, my email is, is on the website or give me a ring and I'll gladly meet anybody for coffee or help way I can.
0: That wraps up this week's podcast. Thanks again to our sponsor, SkillsBase app, which is a solutions provider for companies looking for mobile-first engagement and blended learning tools. To find out more information on what they can do, visit skillsbase.ie. Don't forget to like and subscribe to the show, and get in contact with us on all social platforms. I will be back again next week with a brand new episode.